you may not know his face. Hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. Oh! But if you recognize his voice. Oh, yes. You're among the devoted followers who watch him chase breaking news on CBS2 and KCAL 9 News. Stolen vehicle uh, officers weapons out. In the air and now on a mic. That's kind of nuts. Here's Stu Mundell. <laughs> Woo! Every time I hear that intro, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it's like the first time you hear your voice on tape and you just like, wow, that sounds like a can of rusty nails falling down a fire escape. But anyways, here we are again. I am Stu Mundell. That hasn't changed. And this is In the Air with Stu Mundell. We're doing another podcast today. Today we're talking about chocolatiers. Now, when I say chocolatier, I you know what what I picture in my mind is a guy with a big hat and a feather and a sword and and you know going out there and, and fighting crime for the queen. But uh, but apparently apparently it's a little different than that. Uh, chocolatiers. This is a uh, this is an interesting thing. If you guys like chocolate, who doesn't like chocolate? It's like saying, do you like bacon? Well, I guess there's some people that don't like bacon. But anyways, chocolate better than bacon because it's it's you know there's there's you know let's just say chocolate is better than bagels just leave it at that but how does the chocolate get there how does it become so freaking awesome turns out it starts out as beans and you know what i stumbled onto this place called parliament in the redlands area parliament chocolate we're going to talk about that and uh, i am blessed to be uh here sitting here today with ryan burke the you know the creator the founder the the the, the guy hey Stu, how's how's it going man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was pretty random that you're in Redlands, which is a pretty small, small little town for us. So yeah. we appreciate you coming on by and checking it out. Uh, you know, so how let's start. Let's start at the beginning with you. Let's start at the beginning yeah. with you. Um, so you just one day you said, I really dig this chocolate. I'm going to start making some chocolate um, in, in in a way. I mean, there's always the evolutionary process to, to how I got there. But um, I mean, a little bit about my background and where I got started. Um, I got started in the culinary industry when I was 14. Okay. Um, I started as a dishwasher. Just washing dishes. Just I worked at Taco like Bell. Hey, see, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I would have hired you. There Come you on go. Over. So, um, and then um, I started at the little Thai restaurant, uh, fell in love with culture and cuisine, and mm-hmm. that really sort of developed my curiosity and and uh, worked for this family for almost eight years. So wow. jumped on the line and uh, was this little white kid getting yelled at by these old Thai ladies <laughs> and uh, really getting learning a lot of depth in, in, into everything. And so traveled to Thailand quite a few times. Um, and, um, decided, uh, I, I knew nothing about European style cuisine and went to culinary school. Okay. So from culinary school, um, I got out of culinary school and you think you're going to be this head honcho chef. Yeah. Uh, get your own reality TV uh-huh. show. Yeah. And, uh, uh, pretend you're yelling at people and yeah. stuff, uh, which Bam. is not the case. Instead, I got what? a job at uh, at a, one of our our local casinos, and I was uh, slicing prime rib on a buffet line. And no, so, well, yeah, at least you got to meet a lot of. people. I did, I did, but I mean, I really learned the corporate strategy right. of how to sort of control and, and run a business, and got promoted and promoted, and and became a, a chef there, and ran um, about three different restaurants, and had about forty cooks working under okay. me at the time, and um, learned a lot about where I wasn't wanting to approach my, my world of food and, uh, and realize um, growing up in the small community of Redlands, um, mm-hmm. you- Oh, so you grew up out there. I did, You're yeah, You're local. Yeah. I, I, I'm definitely local, yeah. All right. And running around orange groves my whole entire life yeah. and uh, working with, with farmers and buying produce from the lo- local farmer's market. Right. Um, I felt like a lot of that was lost. And so, um, so I wanted to bring that back. And uh, again, working in this corporate environment, 
you lose a lot of that. You just right. purchase stuff through mm-hmm. like large corporations, yeah. distri- distributors, and you didn't know Go on the where the, exactly where yeah. the farmers were coming from and right. where the produce was coming from. And that sort of passion, the love behind the food, you mm-hmm. lost a lot of it. And so, um, like I said, I wanted to bring something back to the community that that sort of gave me that drive. And it was chocolate. Um, it was actually ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream first. I, I, okay. So uh, I didn't yeah. see any ice cream in the store. I No, no, there wasn't. No, no, so okay. I own an ice cream company too. Okay. And okay. it all started with um, this idea of direct trade ice cream. And so working with local farmers in my hometown, right. um, and I knew about the process of making ice cream with liquid nitrogen and dry ice. Okay. And I just had never done it. But at the casino, we got a shipment of Big shipment of frozen fish and dry ice packets were in there, and I pulled out those dry ice packets. So, so you made like a fish ice cream? Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, t- I took the dry ice packets, the actual dry ice out, okay. so it, okay. it didn't okay. have any of those fishy flavor didn't profiles. Have the fishy flavor afterwards? No, oh, right. but I, I made like um, a chocolate custard and I froze it with uh, dry ice, oh. and I took a bite of it. And I'm like, wow, fireworks started shooting off. And I'm like, <laughs> this this is could be an incredible concept. Um, to actually bring to my hometown, working with the farmers I already know. Right. Um, I brought the idea up to my wife and I said, hey, let's open up an ice cream shop in, yeah. in home. And uh, at first she's like, I don't know. I mean, she is a very logic-minded person and she's an accountant and very, uh-huh. I mean, smart and I'm very just quick on things. And so first she said no and then I made made a small batch of it for her and she took a bite of it, same thing. And right yeah. then and there and she's like, all right, let's open up well, ice cream Now shop. I gotta go back to, is the store still there? It is, yeah, yeah. Oh, now yeah, I gotta go yeah, back. Yeah, yeah we have four, go, four locations around SoCal now. Oh, wow, um, okay. But, um, so yeah, we started with this whole entire direct trade sort of idea. Right. And what that is, it's um, I directly go and work with farmers mm-hmm. on our production needs um, and I tried to not work with any distributors. Okay. So so, so how does how did that translate? So then, you, so the ice cream place doing okay, I guess, right? It's doing, yeah, it was and doing so great. And so how do how we get to the chocolate? Yeah. Let's get to the chocolate. Sure. We, and we so, gotta... so like I said, we were working with the farmers right. and, uh, and so my my whole idea was um, I knew how sort of corrupt the chocolate industry was. Uh-oh. And instead of going and purchasing bulk chocolate. You know, it's funny you bring that up. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to sidetrack you. But, yeah, yeah. No, but no. that was one of the things I remember, uh, you know, a thousand years ago, uh-huh. uh, I was interested in making chocolate. And then I, it just kind of was like a fleeting thing. And then uh, I had a friend of mine whose wife mm-hmm. started making chocolate. Like little batches of chocolate, awesome. like at, with, at from the bean. No, that was okay. what the thing was. So I, I said it. I said, "Well, where do you get the beans?" She goes, "Oh, yeah, you can't do that. You have yeah. to. It's, it's you know, you have to buy this. And you have there's only like three places." And I, so it really was like that. It was like some kind of yeah. like yeah, yeah. controlled industry. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, I mean, it's really like pushed by slave labor and um, wow, like horrible. Like I mean, well, um, all, all of a sudden, this wonderful chocolate turned into something else. Absolutely right. No. And that's exactly what I was trying to steer away from <laughs> right. with the ice cream company. Okay. And so people kept <clears throat> saying, oh, we want chocolate ice cream. We want chocolate ice cream. Right. And I kept saying, well, I don't want to want to bring a product in that I don't feel comfortable with actually utilizing in my, right. my, my ice cream shop. And so I thought to myself, well, I mean, if I'm driving five to 10 miles away to go purchase my oranges why can't i jump on a plane and go meet with farmers in central south america yeah so i looked online somebody that was working and and practicing that direct trade sort of model okay and uh, i literally jumped on a plane the next week flew down to guatemala and started working with farmers in guatemala and belize um and sourcing high quality fermented beans and bringing them back up to the united states okay so 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 all right so (laughs) parliament chocolate yeah actually came from the need for chocolate ice cream 
absolutely right. Yes. Well, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So, so you, you know, th- now I got to ask. So you go down there. Yeah. You're just some guy. You're like, hey, I want to buy some beans. Yeah. So you got like a couple of, you know, ba- their bags or boxes. Um, yeah. They're usually in like sacks. So sacks. Um, anywhere from 150 to 160 pound uh, sacks that are shipped up. So to you us. just like got so. like a little, you know, just showed up at the back at the airplane and was throwing them out there to the guy. Like, <laughs> I wish it were that easy. Yeah, okay. I mean, there's a lot Doesn't of logistics. Like no, no. Okay. So right. I, I mean, it was a lot more difficult than than um, we expected. And um, of course, I mean, if if the farmers are producing the beans at a higher quality, um, more consistent rate, right. then we can purchase it for a higher price. And so that was a lot of uh, what we were trying to push towards as well. And also practicing what's called um, agroforestry methods. And so um, where it's the promotion of not just growing cacao, but growing all to that's, like, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So it's not a cocoa bean. It's a cacao bean. It's a cacao. Yeah. It's a cacao. So yes. Yeah. So all it's right. a cacao tree. It's right. uh, yeah, theobroma cacao. Um, and um, so it all literally pretty much grows everywhere on the tropical belt around the world. But so not in every, California. Uh, not in California, I wish. I mean, in a greenhouse or something, yeah. but which I'd like to maybe do or something. So, but, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, again, just for, I, I, I really have no clue. So you bring, so how do you get the bean, how does you turn that bean into the chocolate? Yeah, it, so, well, a little bit about, um, so we sort of make chocolate at our chocolate factory, sort of like a fine wine. Okay. Um, so, uh, depe- depending on like the origin and where it's fermented and processed at, mm-hmm. um, they have different flavors, profiles, and characteristics. So let's say you have a Cabernet Sauvignon in Northern California and you yep. have a Cabernet Sauvignon in Northern France. They for taste- the, for you, for you folks uh, that are listening, that that's, that's a fancy wine. Yes. It's fancy yeah. wine. <laughs> and they taste very different <laughs> depending very on different. the origin yes, and the terroir. Yep. And so it's the same fundamental idea behind chocolate. So if you have cacao from Guatemala, you have cacao from the Dominican Republic, and it's fermented. There's really a difference. Oh, there's a huge, huge huge difference. Yeah. Wow. And so we're really trying to capture those characteristics. So, okay. So they're touching on something pretty, to me, like my mind is just like, okay. So we went from uh, a corporate chocolate industry mm-hmm. that basically was just did, did were they connoisseurs were they saying oh we're going to use this chocolate for this or these beans for this or this or were they just like beans are beans put them in a pile grind yes. them up <laughs> it's you know cook them down or whatever yeah. is that how it was going it, it, yes definitely so very now, very much so all of a sudden and they were you. over roasting them so that all those flavors and profiles and mm-hmm. just burning them so that the flavors and characteristics behind the acidity right. and those notes of floral characteristics yeah. weren't coming through uh, okay. Because the way they were fermenting them, right? It was just um, it was they're just, just put in a big machine, exactly. Big machine, yes. grind it up, make it happen. Yeah. So now, I, okay. So you're out there and you're saying, well, we're going to do this. We're going to get mm-hmm. these beans from here, these beans from there. Now all of a sudden, it's I got. I'm just going to throw this in right now because yeah. I the chocolate that I had from you it was amazing. Well, thank it, you. it was amazing. Yeah. And I, you know, not knowing what I was eating, yeah. really. I mean, there wasn't. You, you should have like little cards and education behind mm-hmm. it. Trust me, we're working on new branding. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you're exactly right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I could tell that it it did not taste like. Yeah. I'm not going to say any of the name brands, but it it didn't taste like the chocolate you buy at the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. And but it was good. It was really good. It had like different flavors. It, it tasted different mm-hmm. and that was what i was just like wow this is really really good yeah um i so but that's the reason why is because these are beans coming from different areas that aren't just you know like commodity like processed commodity 
process. Exactly, yeah. So that that is, I, I'm yeah. learning something. I'm yeah. learning a lot. So uh -huh. like, how do you separate that? Like yeah. your chalk. I mean, is it is it a seasonal thing then, or um, is it going to be? A yeah, each region produces um, cacao in a different season. Right. Um, they're all sort of developed into a seasonal, uh, just because tropically um, um, they're almost always sort of grown at the same rate. Right. But when they're harvested, then it sort of tells the tree, okay, this is going to be my my sort of seasonal rate. So. Okay. Um, every, um, so they, you can harvest cacao twice a year. You have one large harvest and then you have sort of more of a micro harvest throughout the year. All right. Um, so, so during that harvest, all these big pods, so cacao, um, actually grows on the actual trunk of a tree. So the, the fruit itself doesn't mm -hmm. grow on the branches. It grows on the trunk. Okay. Um, and which is actually very beautiful and very, very unique to a plant. Um, so these pods, I gotta Google something. Like yeah, that. exactly. It's it. really cool. And so these big pods, um, um, the the pods are cut off and they contain about um, anywhere from fifty to sixty beans in each pod. Okay, and that that bean has this really thick pulp on the outside that's really really sweet. Um, it almost tastes like a like a pineapple, um, like mangosteen type of fruit. Mm -hmm. um, so very tropical characteristics and extremely high in uh, in in sucrose content. Okay, so sugar content, very sugary. Um, um, I'm sorry, not sucrose, fructose. Um, fructose. And so of course sugar. As soon as um, it pops open in this hot, humid environment, it theoretically pretty much starts fermenting. So yeast comes in and starts attacking that sugar, starts eating it, and turning it into ethanol or alcohol. Um, some of the farmers actually catch that eth ethanol or alcohol. They drink it, which is really good. I was going to say, really is getting good. more and more oh, attractive yeah. as, this day, as this conversation exactly. is going on. <laughs> so, so the ethanol sort of infuses its characteristics and flavors into the bean. So after about two to three days, that's the ethanol stage, so or the alcohol stage. And then there's something called uh, the acetobacter stage. Wow. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's literally, we're, we're, we're pretty much brewing beer or fermenting wine. Right. I mean, we're, we're literally is. doing that whole entire process in these big, big boxes. So we take all these beans, about 100 150 kilos of these beans um, and put them into one big wooden box. Okay. And then, um, and we move them at certain times depending on the temperature. We monitor the, those temperatures. Now, all this is going yeah. on down where you're buying it or this is actually this going is on at the red This is all going down at the farms. Okay, down so, at the farms. Yeah, okay. there's, they're either individual farmers that are doing them, uh, doing their own fermentation. Um, they're either co-ops right. or they're individual like fermentaries. So it all depends on uh, who, who and where, which country we're working with. Um, so, and so they're taking all these beans in the, the, these fermentation boxes, letting them ferment for about six days, and the temperatures rise drastically um, in the beans. And that's sort of an, a, a way that it's we're- It's all that chemical stuff. Oh, exactly, it's, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, like, uh, yeah. It's, it's like any uh, like compost, same thing. It just, it, everything's yep. moving around. It's starting, it's starting yeah. to cook itself. Temps come up to yep. about 140 degrees. And you know at that point, um, it's, it's about ready to, to, to pull and go onto these drying beds. Who knew that so, all this was going on behind the chocolate? Uh, I'm, I'm being I, serious. I definitely didn't. I yeah, mean, this, this has is, been such an amazing like is, learning experience like, for I, me. I, so I, I'm, I'm like yeah. blown away just by just listening to all this. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, I'm being serious. I had no idea. Yeah, so it's it's pretty much like a wild ale beer or something right. that that's fermented wildly in in different regions. They mm -hmm. all taste completely different, and so that's exactly what we're doing with with chocolate. And so then the beans are dried out, usually dried for seven to eleven days on these big drying beds, okay. and they have to be what's called raked. So literally. You're pretty much taking a rake and you're raking these moving beans. them around. Yeah, exactly. And you have to dry them as fast as you possibly can in these hot, humid, rainy envi environments. Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of what's called external and internal mold. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's going to give off these horrible flavors, which the large 
corporations Unless don't really care cheese. about. Oh, exactly. they don't care. No, no, not at all. Wow. No, okay. because they just burn, burn, burn them and, oh, and roast them. Oh, that's what you're saying. Either. They're yeah. going to roast them and it's just going to kill it anyway. Exactly. So, okay. so, so you, it, those flavors don't don't really matter as much. Huh. Um, but again, I'm trying to capture these unique characteristics, and that's why. Um, the beans that we're working with and the farmers that have to put yeah. so much depth into this process, we end up paying them about three to 400% above market value because of these steps. Right. And so it's really important for us to understand that. But, but it's for the stand, it was like you said, because yeah. you need it to be the right way for you guys, because you're not going to just cook the heck out of it. Exactly. So it gets to the States. Yeah. Uh, you guys, uh, does it fly? Do they fly it in? I'm um, it all depends. So it's either air freighted, which means they just literally put it in, in an airplane and right. then air freight it to us, um, mm-hmm. or um, it's shipped in huge containers. So we can fit about sixteen metric tons into sixteen. Wait, to wait, wait! 20 you're m- buying sixteen metric tons. So of beans? not necessarily personally me. Okay. So my factory alone goes through about sixteen to eighteen metric tons a year. All right, so, a year. Yeah, a okay. year, a year. Um, which is very small scale. Really? Uh, oh, very. It sounds like a lot. Yeah, I wish it was. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's a lot now. I mean, I started off my first year, I was doing about two to four. And then every year I grow, um, uh, I do about double the quantity that I did the year before. Um, But because I'm doing that small amount, um, I end up working with other chocolate makers around the United States. And we all come together and purchase from from one farmer. So I I, so so it's not so it's competition, but Um, it's but it's friendly competition. I don't even I, I think competition's almost like a little harsh. I mean, it's almost like we're cross marketing, cross promoting each other, okay. and all sort of utilizing and and um, and that's the thing. I mean, going back to sort of the wine industry, you can have different brands of wines right. from the same so, type of grape, but whatever your palate, whatever you think you, is unique to you, that's what you're going to be purchasing. And so it's not sort of like um, the, the the consumer is looking for something unique specific to them. Right. And it might be my chocolate. It might be one of our my friends that has a chocolate factory. Mm-hmm. might be their chocolate. And so it all depends on the consumer and their palate. We're comparing it to the beer, yeah. obviously. So yeah, you yeah. got the micro brewers. So sure. what are you guys? You're micro or what? what, uh, what we're you... definitely micro batch chocolate makers. Micro for sure. batch chocolate makers. Yeah, that... so very small scale. So is this like a new thing i mean how like if i i've never heard of it yeah. before so yeah, is this yeah. like a newer thing um is it a- so it started about 10 10 to 15 years so ago it is, new. It's yeah, pretty, it is yeah very it's new. very new when it when it comes to sort of this structure and developing right. cacao and chocolate to specific flavors origins and profiles are, are the folks that you're working with are they as conscious about the situation as you are that about you know just how how to buy it how, what's going on the everything are they just as conscious about that? very very much i mean um are, are you talking about like the other chocolate makers the other chocolate makers. oh for sure yes okay. definitely yeah. so that's kind of the driving force yeah yeah so i mean it's always like every time there's a new origin that pops up we all sort of throw throw around our inf- the information about it and sort of collect Actively try to jump in and purchase it, so that especially if it's a great origin, we can elevate that origin. Um, then, then that's something sort of that we all hold true to to the chocolate and the cacao and the people behind that. So collectively, it's not just like specifically me. It's um, I mean the whole supply chain that's right. so important to understand every aspect of it. Right. I mean everybody's very conscious of of each other and and the ne- necessity of what we have to do to move forward. So the that. chocolate gets to you. Uh-huh. Uh, the beans get to you. The chocolate doesn't yeah. get to you. The beans get to you. What happens then? Yeah. I mean, what, so it, it it's at it's it's in Redlands. Yeah. So that's sort of where I take the bean and sort of develop it unique to my my factory's flavoring and, and profiling design. Okay. So um so I I take those beans and we do um, a very large sort so that sack of beans will go through and we'll hand sort every single bean and we'll analyze every single bean to make sure that it's 
perfect and consistent. It's going to roast correctly. Um, there's no debris in there. There's no what are called flat beans that don't really have much cacao, which is going to take off flavors. Um, and so we literally go through that whole entire process of actually taking out and analyzing bean every single inspector. bean. Bean inspector. So it yeah. takes about two and a half to three hours to, to go through one whole bag of beans um, to analyze <laughs> this. I wow. mean, we found all kinds of crazy stuff in there. We found like bullets in them. And I mean... <laughs> I don't even want to know where they came from, but I mean, I'm just saying like, we've oh, found not? some really interesting stuff. So rocks that could definitely mess up the machines. Yeah, definitely. So after we sort all those beans, um, then we take the beans and we roast them. We roast them two different ways. Um, and we'll roast those beans very, very delicately and just very lightly. So almost, now when you say roasting almost them. Almost bake them, just like baking bread. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is, it, is it like, is it like a pizza oven type of roasting um, so, or is it a spigot? So we have, uh, it's a convection oven. Okay. Um, which is an indirect heat. And then we have a, a, a direct, um, a drum roaster. So okay, that's a, drum consi- roaster. yes, right. a direct heat. Um, so the drum roaster gives off more like caramelized characteristics, caramelized flavors. What does where, it smell like? Oh, it smells like brownies. I mean, it's like, it smells incredible, even though they're just beans is, is, at is, that is, point. Is this all going, is this taking place over at the uh, actual parliament factory? No, no, no. So is... we store all our beans. So we have a centralized production okay. kitchen for the ice cream company. All right. And so we have, um, that's where we store all, we have a huge, like huge room. It's, it's probably uh 500, 600 square feet, maybe even bigger than that, um, where we store all these beans on top of each other. Um, And so depending on our inventory, we just try to keep it always full. And so we do all the sorting there. I wish we could actually keep the beans at our small little factory, but it's so small that with all the equipment, it just doesn't work out. So they're roasted? Yeah. Then they, you grind them? So or? yeah, after they're roasted, um, the, the, the cacao beans have this like shell on the outside of them. Okay. And uh, we have to separate that shell from the nib, what's called the nib on the inside of the bean. So um, we have this big this is machine. Like crazy labor oh, intensive. It's, it's, this uh, is insane. Yeah, I know. <laughs> tell, tell me about it. Um, so we have this machine that... Um, a lot of the, the machines for small batch chocolate makers, um, they're not, there's, there's no one to really purchase them from. So we have to develop these machines ourselves. Okay. Luckily, I had two buddies that were going to school for engineering at Cal Poly Pomona right when we were opening. They had to do a school project right. for their engineering degree. And um, I said, build me a cracker, what's called a cracker winnower to help separate that husk from that nib. Okay. And so for their project in school... Uh, they ended up building this awesome, huge, beautiful machine that um, literally takes the bean, goes through sort of a hopper, snaps it apart and breaks it apart. Um, and then it has this suction effect because the, the shell is lighter than the this nib itself. This is the itself. one time I wish our podcast actually had like, you, you could like watch it. I know. It's, this is yeah. like, this, I, 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 I would pay money to see these machines yeah. do their, do oh, their stuff. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. <clears throat> and so the shell is sucked into this chamber, vacuum sealed chamber because okay. it's lighter than the nib itself. And then the nib falls down these sort of corridors into, into like a this bottom. machine. Exactly. No, seriously. Yeah. That's like literally pretty much what's happening. That is so cool. it's like, uh, it's, yeah, it's a pretty loud machine so then once we cat catch all those those nibs mm-hmm. um without the shell because the shell is sort of like a fibrous starchy compound okay and it tastes really bad oh. and so that's why we want to separate it yeah. so once once we um once we separate it we have all the nibs then we take them and um we move them to what are called our conching and refining stage and so that's these big huge vat circular drums that have these big granite wheels and this big granite base. And we drop all these the nibs in there with uh, the sugar. Okay. So this is when, when it develops sort of the percentage. So if you've ever seen a percentage of cacao to uh, like sugar ratio. Yeah, the, um, like when you go to, uh, when you go to like... Um 
I don't want to throw out names, uh-huh. but but it's our own thing. I was going to say Trader yeah. Joe's. They oh, have yeah, the, yeah. They have yes. like they got the the candy exactly. bars out there, and they, they actually it'll say it'll say eighty percent this, this uh-huh. and that, right? So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and so exactly, and so we only develop our chocolate um, at seventy percent. Okay, uh, and the reason I do that is because I think characteristically, I think that's when you're really t- tasting the most amount of flavor profiles with still enough sweetness in there. So seventy percent, the percentage on a chocolate bar states. Um, uh, states exactly how much cacao is in each chocolate bar. So let's say it's 80%. So that's 80% of that overall bar is going to be cacao. There's so much. Oh, There's so in, much about yeah, that. Yeah. When, when I stumbled on your little store, <laughs> I was going to say, when I stumbled onto your little store, I never, I had no clue. I just walked in. I got to tell you, I walked uh-huh. in, I smelled, I saw the signs. I was like, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. Walked inside, smelled the chocolate. I was just like, oh, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. You got the machines going. You got the two yeah. sections, right? And you had the glass window and you had the machines mm-hmm. making the, the, uh, exactly. the chocolate and those were those circle circular right, the circular drums yeah. yeah going and then and then i also was just the, the store itself you mm-hmm. i saw the artwork mm-hmm. and not knowing how and i'm being serious about this how responsible you are t- for towards everything about that you're doing there i had no idea but then i'm also see i also saw that artwork i just want to touch on a little yeah, bit of that sure. artwork yeah where did that come from yeah so um so my buddy um that that lives in redlands is an artist a local artist okay. and i've always been been really inspired by his work and very it and i it, it is uh, just because it is a podcast it's just kind of think tattooing but like to like some kind of crazy next level yes. it, it super intricate yeah and and just very attractive to look at like you can look at like you were saying that there's different owls because uh-huh. he had a bunch of owls there but every owl is a little bit different and when you you could you could just it, it is a feast for the eyes you yeah. just sit there and you just look at it yeah and exactly, and and so the name Parliament actually means a nesting of owls, yep. so a group nesting there of owls, go. and so that was sort of our, our whole entire idea is, well, let's utilize a different style of owl for each origin, and we can make that owl sort of look unique to that culture, whether it's the textiles that that culture wears that produces the cacao in these certain regions, and so uh, that artist has this, the artist we work with, uh, James McClung, um, he, we give him this idea, and then he just goes to the drawing board and starts sketching up different styles of owls specific to that region and the origin and then he comes up with these a couple different owls and we pick one that we really really like and um and it and that's sort of how it sort of has developed and fell, fell into our laps in the beginning so i gotta tell you the the, the store was amazing also and then uh, i remember um correct me if i'm wrong yeah i remember when i walked in there the uh the curtains were the bean bags. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The yes. actual the cocoa bags yeah. and they had the stuff on there. I I just thought every, everything, every and, and now I'm like when it when what makes something awesome to me is I always I always say this is the details really bring the whole picture together. Yeah, and there are so many details. And my gosh, you have like cornered and perfected <laughs> every one it sounds like just to make this really yeah. great chocolate and i wish it were just me but i mean it's a, an accumulation well, of, of so many people behind this 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 beautiful product and um really it's it's transpiring i'm just sort of there as the conductor right and putting the the pieces of puzzles pieces together which um which finally translates into a final chocolate bar you were saying earlier on it was mm-hmm. like you, you had to get to get the the chocolates or the beans so yeah. you started traveling yeah but the the travel is is the drive isn't the traveling around. The drive really is the chocolate. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, and over time, I've been able to develop an understanding of what fermentation and how it ferments. And so I've been able to work with farmers that haven't been fermenting properly right. or or specific to sort of our, our concept. And I've been teaching 
farmers in Thailand and Oaxaca, Mexico, and um, how to ferment to the degree that we're looking for cacao. And in turn, like I said, they get paid so, much, much higher amounts for, for their product. So a listener out there, and, 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 and yes, I am talking to you, uh, is going to say, hey, uh, I, want, I, I want to try some of these chocolates, yeah. but I want to walk in there and I want to act like I know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. So what... What what could somebody say that would kind of like cue you? What would cue you to this guy really knows or gal knows yeah, what yeah. chocolate is or what what the different cacao beans are? Sure, sure. Oh, I mean, something that I think cues me is somebody that understands that. Wow, there is unique characteristics I, and flavors. I, did, I I just I all all I could tell you was that it tasted yeah. different and better. Yeah, yeah, and that that's sort of like, and then we can feed off of that and sort of give you the information based off of what we've learned. And so I like curiosity i like people coming in and being well i've never had something to this degree before and i I, and it's such a new teaching tool and sort of um something to feed off of because i think really the cacao industry is really changing um a lot more in these next or in in this last 10 years just like the microbrewery industry changed 15 to 20 years ago or the craft uh coffee industry changed 15 to 20 years ago as well you see this movement in food where it's really changing and people are having an ability to learn and 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 actually know where their products are coming from and so it's so crucial for for us to sort of give out that information and really tell the story not only behind where it's processed or where it's made but behind literally where who's who's farming the soil and who's planting those seeds and so <laughs> uh is uh so somebody wants somebody's listening uh, it's a podcast yeah maybe they're in i'm gonna pick chicago okay cool and uh so literally. they want to try the parliament <laughs> chocolate uh-huh. is there a website can you go on and yeah, actually yeah, yeah. order and get the like yeah so um you can go to parliamentchocolate.com okay and then we have a whole entire web page of of where you can purchase all our chocolate bars so all our origins we don't always have our origin like specific right, origin origin stuff because, just because, because it's, it's seasonal exactly exactly so depending on depending on which we're producing at that time or if we switch to a different can you, i'm just curious can, yeah can you can you store the stuff like after you've got um it? yeah so um keeping it a cool dark place of course it's chocolate right. so i mean once that chocolate melts there's That's something it. called tempering it you have to retemper it it's again. like when you get that so, you get that candy bar out of the machine exactly. and it's got that nasty white stuff yep, all over yep, it and you're exactly just like, yeah. that's just that just means it's untempered and the chocolate just needs to be but chocolate literally pretty much never goes bad never goes so bad. you can always pretty you can have it for 10 years and have that same chocolate bar and eat it and still incredible chocolate. So shelf stable product. <laughs> and and what about, and what about the chocolate, uh, chocolate ice cream? Let's go back to the beginning yeah, real quick. Yeah. What about the chocolate ice cream? Is that doing well? Oh, it's doing incredible. Yeah. So yeah, we have right. a chocolate lavender um, where we work with a lavender producer in our, our town as well. And so I wanted to sort of marry both of those farmers and in, into one product. Right. And so we have a farmer in, in Redlands and then a farmer in Central South America, or depending on which cacao we're using at right. that time. But I mean, it's almost this marriage of two farmers that sort of bring this product together. And so, um, and then we throw some candied cocoa nibs uh, with, with, uh, candied with a cocoa little, nibs. exactly, with a little <laughs> bit of honey. And so while you're chewing it, it's almost like that refining process. Oh, wow. So while you're chewing it, it's sort of breaking down that chocolate and fundamentally doing that whole entire process, but palatably. Wow. So, yeah. The ice cream store's name? Uh, Ola Minute. Ola Minute ice cream. I, I can't say that. Uh, it's it's A-L-A. <laughs> Ola Minute? Uh, minute. M-I-N-U-T-E. Ola Minute. minute. Yes. Ola so, Minute. You should have said that. I know, I know. But well, so so when you're when you're working on the line in a kitchen, uh, your chef says, "Oh, I need this a la minute, a la a minute, minute, which means that I need it in the minute." Yeah. Like you, which means that's that's sort of the design. We're making ice cream to order, so yeah. in the minute, and so that was the the design and the name Super for that cool. too. So, yeah. um, what?
no, I'm going to take that stuff home. My, <laughs> my producer is talking about we should taste, uh, taste some of the chocolate. So, uh, you know, I was just going to say, which one do you want to try? You brought it. You brought yeah, it. Just, you let's try something. Okay. Let's try something. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, we are just releasing, I don't know if we had our Thai bar, but um, I'm really, really proud of that just because we've been working with these farmers for almost three years now. And okay. finally, we got to the point where um, where we feel like they've developed on their processing methods and we're shipping over the first metric ton ever of Thai cacao, I think, to the United States. So okay. um, I don't know anybody that's been purchasing cacao from Thailand. Don't so. ruin the artwork. Okay. There's another bar in there, too. But yeah. Um, so that means cacao and Thai, which is uh, gold leafing okay. um, right on the top. And then it's sort of designed by sort of like a, a mythical sort of Thai creature, the owl, uh, the actual <laughs> depiction of the owl itself. Super cool. So, um, so yeah, it's really, really rad. But And then hear that nice snap. That yeah. means it's tempered, tempered well. So... Yeah. Okay. Come on! What you gotta try a little bit? Guy. You want to try some? <laughs> yeah, come on, guys! Come on! This is amazing. I can take that one. I don't mind. I mean, it, it's all dried on the ground, anyways. So, <laughs> I mean, it, this it's just is—I mean, really, truly, it is really, really. It, I mean, and this is what I what I noticed when I was there. Not just the you know the awesome store, yeah. the presentation, the, the the nice folk. And then you had the, the machines making it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just with the little bit of knowledge that I had that, you know, that you can't make or that I, I was under the impression that you can't make your own chocolate to actually have a place making their own chocolate in Redlands. Yeah. And now to learn that it is responsible farming, mm -hmm. uh, responsible sourcing, uh, everything's local. This is, is really amazing stuff. Here, let me give you one more try of a different bar just so you see the difference in characteristics and flavors. You get a lot of those acidic notes. So a lot of times... We teach um, the consumer to really taste chocolate like you would taste, and I'm going back to that wine reference, mm -hmm. like you would taste a fine wine. So you would smell it, right. let it sort of switch around palatably, and really try to think of the flavors and profiles that you think are, are the characteristics in that chocolate. And so, um, so that's sort of what we try to push towards when it comes to sort of consuming um, individual bean to bar oh, it's chocolate. Totally different. So right, it's, it's all, totally yeah. different. And it all and both of them contain the same amount of cacao. Both of them contain the same amount of sugar. There's no flavoring age. There's agents no flavoring whatsoever agent. in them. Because the other one tastes more like it's got like honey or something. In exactly. It. It's got like, yeah, um, it's got these like like sweet, almost mm -hmm. like um um sort of like jammy notes to it. Where yeah. where this one has where the Thai bar um actually has more like um not um more like earthy characteristics to it. So, yeah, this so there's an abstract, complete abstract indifference. And, and that's, again, mostly, I would say, 80 to 90% of what you're tasting is what's happening at the farm. So genetics um, of the cacao where, where and then the fermentation from. and then the drying. And what I'm doing at my factory is only that small, minuscule 10 to 15%. Exactly. The assembly. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Perfect you're putting word. it together. Absolutely perfect word. So This yeah. is amazing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then, yeah, we have a, um, I also brought a couple truffles and bonbons and caramels for you as well to try. For, for so, me. Yes. For all of you. <laughs> for all of you. <laughs> yeah. um, this stuff is, is I, I can't, I cannot, I mean, it's a podcast, even if it was television, you, all yeah. you would see is a really happy stew eating a lot of chocolate, <laughs> but, but it is He does amazing. have a big smile on his face. Oh my so. God. This is so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the pop, popping up of the endorphins and making you happy. So, which I mean, there's yeah. lots of antioxidants in it. It's extremely it's good, good for you. you. So you know what? Why not taste yeah. taste good for you? Good stuff. This stuff is that's amazing. just great. So, so uh, 
If you guys are local, uh, meaning uh, anywhere in Southern California, make the drive, go out to uh, Redlands, go see Parliament, chocolate. Yeah. And of course, in a minute, in a minute. Uh, yeah, all a minute. All a minute, all a minute ice cream, which I'm, I'm going back. I, I am yeah. so going back yeah. for, the, for that. There's one in Claremont. So if you're in LA, oh, in yeah, we have, we have a Claremont location. Okay. As well, so. that's, that's a little closer yeah. for me, but, yeah. uh, but I'm definitely going to make the drive out there. Redlands is, is an awesome place. Awesome. Amazing meeting you. This is uh, yeah, so cool so that, uh, you, that you just, and it really is just a stumbled onto type of thing. Uh, Ryan, you, what you're doing for the chocolate industry, I hope uh, you get all the recognition and then some. This uh-huh. is so cool to uh, to hear about this stuff and then the fact that you're doing the responsible farming, the responsible sourcing. And also online, If you for the rest of you folk, if you're out there, chocolate, I mean, who doesn't like chocolate? And, <laughs> and if you start having some of this, you're going to get a total different idea of what chocolate is. And then, of course, how you were just saying that these aren't these aren't tampered with. These no. are these are these this is pure chocolate. Yes. There's no lying. Palatably there's no lying to you. So And yeah. it's just from different beans and you can just taste the the amazing flavors with the di- with the different type of beans. Uh and a parliament yeah. chocolate is uh Google it or find it at Parliament, I guess parliamentchocolate.com. Yeah. Just come to Redlands sometime. Come to Redlands. So. <laughs> That's probably the better way to do it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. I, I, I am speechless. Yeah, well, thank totally you. Totally speechless. I uh, got to do some paying the bills. Uh, <laughs> CBSLA, hashtag CBSLA. Find us, like us, follow us, whatever whatever the social media thing that you need to do, make that happen. Uh, if you are listening to us, which you are because you're hearing me, uh, thank you. But subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I can't say it enough times. Go find it uh, and subscribe. And, of course, uh, thank you to BJ Dahl, our producer. And we got a camera guy in here today as well. I don't – he never said hi. (laughs) (laughs) And, Ryan, uh, again, thank you so much. And Parliament Chocolate, go – it is worth the trip. Thank you. And if you're local, you should be there every day. For sure. (laughs) Thanks. Bye.